When Jesus encountered the two disciples on the Emmaus Road, he revealed to them that all of Scripture is about him. And the passion this news stirred within them prompted them to action, telling others they had met the resurrected Savior. This is what we will study in this episode of Through the Word. Hi, I'm Adam Burton. I'm the pastor at Central Baptist Church in Maysville, Kentucky. Every Thursday, I release a new Bible study that comes from the Gospel Project, where we go chronologically through the entire Bible to see how all of Scripture points to Jesus. Thank you so much for watching. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, as well as our website at cbcmaysville.com. And you can also subscribe to the Through the Word audio podcast in your favorite podcasting app. Would you please get the word out about Through the Word by liking and sharing this episode? It would mean so much to me. Also, I would love to hear from you. So please email me at adam at adamburton.net. If I can pray for you, call or text our prayer hotline at 305-707-PRAY. That's 305-707-7729. Come keep your request confidential and you can even send it in anonymously if you want because we believe in the power of prayer and I want to pray for you. Lastly, if you want to know more about this awesome church that I pastor, go to our website at cbcmaysville.com where you can find tons of resources to help you to grow in your faith. Are you ready? Let's study the Bible. Is there a wrong way to read a book? An article in the New York Times posed this question and discussed Virgil's any need, a classic poem written in the first century BC as, as a test case. Now, it's likely that Virgil intended to make much of the Roman Empire and his work, but, but he could not foresee the way it would be used as a literary version of the magic eight ball. In, in the centuries that, that followed, this epic poem was used as a fortune teller. A, a question would be asked and a random verse selected for the answer. If Virgil had the chance to explain his work today, surely he would tell us that there is a right and wrong way to read and engage with his work. And no doubt fortune telling would be a wrong way. You know, no secret key unlocks the A and need except the intent of Virgil, its author. You know, what are some wrong ways to, to read the Bible? Well, maybe as a mishmash of, of books that contradict rather than complement each other. And, and maybe it's as a, as a man-made myth or a legend or as a science textbook. Or maybe as having nothing to, to say about science and, or history or as a book that does not believe, that, that does not have God as its author, or as a guide for fortune telling. Maybe as a, as a book that is not perfectly inspired and true. You see, the Bible is a book that comprises the, the work of multiple authors, but it also has one ultimate author who perfectly inspired all of it, God. Therefore, we can and must read the whole of Scripture in light of its central focus, Jesus Christ, who is the only way to be saved and reconciled to God. In this session, we're going to see that, that Jesus approached two disciples along the road to Emmaus. Now, their hearts burned within them as, as he spoke, yet they did not recognize Jesus. 
Through this encounter, Jesus taught the disciples how to read the Old Testament with them as the focus, confronting the disciples' discouragement with the truth of his resurrection, moving them to action. Jesus is the Word made flesh. He wasn't only giving these disciples this pattern for reading God's Word rightly. No, he was giving it to us as well. Here's our first point. The risen Savior confronts discouragement and confusion. Read with me Luke chapter 24, verses 17 through 24. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And, and they stood still, and looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people. And, and now our chief priests and rulers delivered up him up to be condemned to, to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, the, some women of our company amazed us. They, they were at the, the tomb early in the morning. And, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Now, some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but, but him they did not see. See, the two disciples were discussing Jesus' arrest and crucifixion, two events that crushed their hopes. Jesus would be the one to redeem Israel. And furthermore, they had heard confusing tales of angels and an empty tomb and Jesus being alive. They knew some details, but they didn't fully understand all that had happened concerning Jesus. What should have thrilled their hearts only caused a disagreement and discouragement. See, the two disciples were discouraged by unmet expectations of the one they hoped was the Messiah. They knew some prophecies about the Messiah, at, at least that he was supposed to bring deliverance. They expected Jesus to, to be the ruling king who would deliver his people from the oppressive rule of other nations. Now, this Jesus will do one day, but God had other plans to be accomplished by their Messiah first. Deliverance of God's people from the tyranny of sin and death through Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection. Walking among them with, without their knowledge, the, the risen Messiah embodied the hope of all their expectations being met, even the ones they didn't know they needed to have. The first expectation we should have of the Messiah is our salvation from sin and, and death without which we cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus is the first fruits of the final resurrection. Right? He's the turning point of a new creation and life. See, our hope for salvation is secure in him, knowing that we too will be raised. This is our hope and our joy in the midst of great despair. See, our hope is not in ourselves or in one another. No, it's not in our circumstances or our goals. Our hope rests on Jesus, secure in his resurrection. You know, what are some unreasonable expectations of, of the Christian faith that, that cause people to become discouraged? Maybe they think that life as a Christian is easy, or that Christians are always perfect, or that temptations and sin no longer afflict believers, or 
Maybe that the Christian faith is compatible with the ways of, of the world, or that being a Christian will make one healthy, wealthy, and wise, or that being a Christian means that you no longer struggle with doubt, discouragement, or depression. See, the two disciples felt anything but peace as Jesus joined them on the road. And in their understanding of the scriptures, the, the Messiah was supposed to reign, not die. He was to be king, not crucified as a criminal. But just as their eyes had not yet been opened to see Jesus' true identity, their minds and, and hearts had not yet been opened to understand and believe the truth of Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection. See, God is, is not a God of confusion, but of peace, desiring that we know and trust him. As the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to understand scripture and Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and ascension, we grow in our knowledge of and trust in Jesus. He is our peace. See, the conversation of, of the two indicates their deep interest and concern in the knowledge of the things pertaining to Jesus. And, and the fact that, that of their not recognizing Christ indicates that Jesus did not intend them to recognize him. Now, one of the mysterious qualities of, in the resurrection body of our Lord was the quality of remaining unrecognized until it was fully intended by the Lord. Here's our second point. The risen Savior reveals he is the focus of all the scriptures. Read with me Luke chapter 24, verses 25 through 27. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he inter interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. See, Jesus was, was still veiled from their eyes, and he taught the two disciples that all of God's word points to him. For example, the Messiah is the better Moses who leads his people out of the eternal bondage of sin and exile from God's presence. He has reconciled us to the Father through his atoning death and glorious resurrection. The promised Messiah is, is the one the, the prophets thought that would usher in the new covenant which promised everlasting forgiveness of sin and new hearts. See, this covenant was sealed with Jesus' blood shed on the cross. And our good came from his suffering, and his resurrection confirms all of God's word is true. Moses and all the prophets was, was shorthand for what we know as the Old Testament scriptures. Now, Moses referred to the law and the, the first five books of the Bible written by Moses. Then the prophets re referred to the rest of the books of the Old Testament. And additionally, the, 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 uh, the, the, the prophets could be broken down into to two more sections. You've got the prophets and the Psalms. Now, the Psalms covered the third section of the Hebrew Bible, which was often called the, the writings, comprising of, of the wisdom literature, like Psalms and uh, Proverbs. And then the other biblical books we, we would classify as historical or prophetic, like uh, the book of Esther and, and Daniel. See, the New Testament bears out a number of the ways that Jesus fulfills the Old Testament writings. And these include direct prophecies, right? covenant promises, uh, and types, and, and shadows. See, through the Holy Spirit illuminating Scripture, we, like the early disciples, are enabled to read all of Scripture in light of Jesus' life, and his death, and his resurrection, and 
his ascension. See, the gospel message informs our reading of God's word from beginning to end. Scripture points forward to the one who would crush the serpent's head and be the ultimate sacrifice to atone for sin as foreshadowed in Israel's tabernacle and temple practices. He is the Passover lamb, the suffering servant. He is the prince of peace and the coming king of glory. God has been and is working to make all things new fulfilling his plan set before the foundation of the world was laid. This undergirds the the unity of Scripture. Now, these crucial verses help us to understand the the message of the whole Bible. So we we learn that, that the whole of Scripture points ultimately to Jesus. Holy Scripture is the Word of God, the record of God speaking. God has spoken in many and various ways, but has now revealed himself fully through the Son, who can rightly be called the Word of God, who is the full image and representation of of who God is. See, all that God has spoken before ultimately relates to this final word, Jesus Christ. Jesus himself provides this way of reading the scriptures for these early disciples, and we, like them, are meant to learn this same way of reading God's word. Yet, not of interpretation, but of heart. See, like the early disciples, we too are slow of heart to believe and have trouble accepting that glory comes through suffering. We need to be taught by Jesus himself who now instructs and guides us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Check out this essential doctrine, the the clarity of Scripture. Because God gave us his word as authoritative in all matters related to life and faith, we believe his word was written in a way that, that can be understood with the help of the Holy Spirit. Believing the Scriptures are clear does not mean that every part is equally easy to interpret. Neither does it mean that we will never make mistakes in our own interpretation. It does mean that with God's help, though, we people are capable of understanding the biblical text for themselves as they employ correct methods of interpretation. Here's our last point. The risen Savior stirs affection and motivates action. Read with me Luke chapter 24, verses 30 through 35. When he was at table with them, he he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose at the same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And, and they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and they has appeared to Simon. Then they, they told what had happened on the road and, and, now he, and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. After the Bible lesson, the disciples invited their guests to, to stay the night with them. And at their evening meal, Jesus took the lead, man. And when he took the bread and he, and he broke it, the disciples' eyes were finally opened through Jesus' interpretation of the scriptures and his actions reminiscent of the Lord's Supper. The, the disciples saw for the first time their risen Savior who had given his body to be broken for the salvation of sinners. The Savior, who had done no wrong, allowed his hands and his feet and brow to be pierced, and he died a criminal's death to atone for our sin. 
These disciples were, were rocked to their core and discouraged by Jesus' crucifixion. But this encounter with their risen Savior, seeing him truly only in the breaking of the bread, revealed that we can only know Jesus th truly through his suffering and crucifixion. According to the scriptures, he, he came to die, to be buried, and to rise again. I mean, how could we not love the one who has purchased us with his blood so that we might dwell with him forever? After Jesus disappeared, the disciples' first comment was about his teaching of the scriptures. See, their hearts burned with excitement at what they had learned, and, and then they burned to tell, tell others what they had experienced. God's word is alive and active, and as we spend time with our risen Savior in his word, our hearts will burn to carry his gospel to others. Check out this quote. Tell of the cross where they nailed him, writhing in anguish and pain. Tell of the grave where they laid him. Tell how he liveth again. God's word, both the inspired scriptures and Jesus himself, the word made flesh, changes hearts, and it does not return void. Therefore, we should expect that abiding in God's word in faith will result in fruit in our lives. As the Holy Spirit illuminates scripture for us, it cultivates good works in us. When we truly understand the depth from which we've been saved, we are able to love others well by both serving them and sharing the good news with them. Our holy God, whom we rebelled against, chose to make a way for us to be made right with him. There is no grading on the curve or do-overs when it comes to our guilt before God. No, if we were to be judged by the law, not one of us would be left standing. No, not one. Yet God, who is rich in mercy, sent his son to be a sin for us on the cross so that we in him might become the righteousness of God. As a result of Christ's work, through his crucifixion and resurrection, we can forever enjoy his presence, reigning with him in the new heavens and the new earth. This is the good news. This is the gospel that we learn from the scriptures and get to share with this world in need. Check out this essential doctrine, the gospel. See, the Bible teaches that the gospel is both an event and a story. First, it is an event that took place at a specific point in history, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for the redemption of sinners. But second, the gospel is also a story of redemption that God has planned since before the foundation of the world, which runs through scripture and which culminates in a restored and redeemed creation, a new heaven and new earth where sin, death, and suffering will never again plague humanity and God's people will live with him forever. The event and story do not exist apart from or in conflict with one another, no, but together inspire us to a life of devotion and mission. You know, what are some actions the resurrection of Jesus should inspire in the lives of believers? Well, an eager desire to share the gospel with others, service to others in the name of Jesus, granting forgiveness to those who have wronged us because of all we have been forgiven in Christ, gathering with other believers to worship our risen Savior. See a right reading of God's word that bears a focus on Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, and, and his ascension will lead to us to grasp the depths uh, from which we have been saved. 
See, we were not drowning in, in need of a, a helping hand uh, to, 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 or uh, uh, that hand, but we were dead in our sin. See, Jesus' shed blood isn't just a, a medicine to make the sick well, but the power of raising the dead to life. Creation has always been marching orders uh, toward a, a plan to end where our Savior will banish sin and death for good and his people will dwell with him forever. See, this, this is good news. This should be the burning in our chest and the bursting joy within our hearts that compels us to tell others about God's love. Jesus invites us to join in his mission to seek and to save the lost with the good news that Christ is risen from the dead. Because we have been forgiven of our sin through Jesus, the word of God, we read and interpret the scriptures in light of Christ's death and resurrection. And out of grateful hearts, we join with Christ on mission. Well, it's time for us to, to take what we have learned and, and apply it to our lives. So choose at least one of these options as a way to respond to the truth of God's word this week. First, since Jesus has been raised from the dead, how will you respond in faith? Second, what are some ways your church can better encourage one another with the truth of scriptures? And three, what actions will you take this week to love others well out of the overflow of your love for Jesus? Check out this quote. Stay with us, O Christ. It is toward evening and the day is now far spent. Abide with us, O Jesus. Abide with us for where you are not, there everything is darkness and night and shadow. But you are the true sun, light and shining a brightness. The one whose way you illuminate cannot go astray. Thank you for watching this week's Bible study. On the road to Emmaus, the risen Jesus explained how the Old Testament scriptures pointed forward to his suffering and glory. And like the disciples, we read the whole Bible in light of Christ's death and resurrection, focusing our attention on the gospel that lies at the heart of God's written word to us. Let me close with this. Jesus came to live the perfect, sinless life that you could not live. He died the sinner's death that you deserve. But he defeated both sin and death by rising from the dead and now he has ascended to be with his father and there will be a day where he will return as the righteous judge. See, you can be saved from your sins by putting your faith and trust in Jesus alone. Are you ready to give your life to Jesus? So please, please connect with us. You can call or text our prayer hotline at 305-707-PRAY. That's 305-707-7729. Or go to our website at CBC Maysville and click on the Connect tab there. Because we want to put some free resources in your hands to help you to know what it looks like to follow Jesus. If you enjoyed this episode, would you please share it with others so that they too can experience God's Word? Next week's episode through the Word is titled, Jesus Prepares His Disciples. We will see that when Jesus appeared to His disciples, He told them that, that they would go on mission to tell others the gospel and by doing so draw sinners to Him through faith. Well, Lord willing, I will see you again next Thursday for Through the Word. God bless.